Welcome to Startup to Last, a podcast about building profitable software businesses that are meant to last. Hi, I'm Tyler. I run a bootstrapped SaaS company called Less Annoying CRM. And hi, I'm Rick. I'm the founder of Leg Up Ventures, which owns and operates software companies that empower underdogs. This week, we're going to talk about redesigning Less Annoying CRM's marketing site. My company just finished a major redesign of our app, and now the marketing site doesn't really do it justice. So I'm going to ask Rick's advice on how to approach this project, and I especially am going to ask about how big of a project it should be in the first place. So what's up this week, Rick? Well, I've added four beta users to Leg Up Health, which is really exciting. Is that uh, 400% growth in one week? Yes. Wow. If you do a trend line, you're going to be huge. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So, um, but, but, uh, it's interesting. I, it's a lot more work than I expected to support a beta user, hmm. especially with the complexity of health insurance and the timing of the year right now, everyone's kind of in the last minute sprint to make sure that they have their health insurance in order for 2020, but it's been really, really energizing. And, uh, there are, I knew that there was a problem, but I've I've never really I've spent a lot of time on the employer side of this problem, but I haven't really gotten into the problem from a consumer's perspective. Mm-hmm. And it is way bigger than I thought it was. So so just to make sure I understand what you're doing, you've got a, a web app that people can like create an account and log into, but a big part of what's going on is you are talking to them about their personal health insurance plan and saying, oh, you need to renew or something, or like, here's what you should be thinking about, silver, bronze, gold, whatever. Like you're kind of giving them insurance agent advice, and then they can log in to basically see that information rather than using whatever crappy portal their insurance carrier gives them. And my MVP right now is actually all through Slack and manual manual interfacing between me and them. Mm. So there's a community element in that there there's open discussion channels for like, I have a topic called hunted help tools. Um, so you could, anyone can post like, Hey, I found this cool maternity service. I found this cool, um, you know, birth control service. I found that there's just a couple of the ones that have been posted so far, mm-hmm. but they have a one-on-one chat with me. And that's where I have a copy of their insurance card. Uh, posted. I've pulled uh, each month. I'll go in and pull their deductible and that stuff posted in there and send them a note. They can ask me any question they want to. Um, and then I have uh, I work with them individually through a couple of different third party applications to quote and enroll if they if they need that help. Mm-hmm. And most cool. of them want most of them want some reassurance. Um, the biggest like the way I would classify the the most interesting problem is. There is a high amount of anxiety mm-hmm. around, you know, buying health insurance, and then also using health insurance or using healthcare. And if I can, I think if I can reduce or, you know, I don't think I need to eliminate the anxiety, but Matt, if I can just reduce it by fifty percent, um, th- people are going to be really happy with that. Yeah, well, especially because they're not paying. The, the idea is they're not paying you anything, at least right now. You're you're making your money through broker fees or whatever they're called. Yeah, I think they're just ba- based on. I'm coming at this from a slightly different angle from you, but like being an employer talking to employees about health insurance, the amount of use the word anxiety. I, I would go even a step further and say fear. Like people are worried. Like, well, they can just take my health insurance away at any moment. Like, th- there's all this. Some of it's probably legit, and some of it's probably not. But 
the fear out there is very real, I think. Totally. And it's triggered throughout the year for different events. Right now, it's triggered by the choice of what plan to buy and what am I making the right choice? And then, you know, something will happen throughout the year that causes a scare, whether it's, mm-hmm. you know, falling on the, you know, the ski hill or a kid jumping off the a rock and hitting his head. And that ca- that causes that same cycle of what's covered. Oh my gosh, did I get the right plan? Um, holy crap, am I in trouble? <laughs> um, and then there's like a whole nother like in between those of the journey of trying to answer the question, what's covered that mm-hmm. leads to different moments. It's incredibly simple yet complex. Um, and, uh, you know, as you dive de- deeper into it. Yeah. I mean, I know for like, I'm very lucky in that I've never really needed to use health insurance in a meaningful, like I've gotten a flu shot or whatever, but, uh, I have no idea what doctor I'm allowed to see, what, what hospital I'm allowed to go to. Like, yeah, I, (laughs) even just being able to ask someone like, where do I go to find that information? Yeah. And this is probably too much detail for the update, but I'm starting to see an opportunity for like some sort of annual direct to consumer subscription, whether you buy your own health insurance, whether you're on an employer plan, I think someone to get really good, unbiased, trusted advice is, I think you should be willing to pay like $50 a year for, Mm -hmm. you know, especially in, in the fourth quarter when all these decisions are being made to basically have an advisor be your personal HR advisor on what benefits you should pick and then have that be an annual subscription and renew it only renews in Q4 when the pain is great, but then you also have the peace of mind to be able to reach out to that person, reach out yeah. um, throughout the year. I think that is a, an opportunity on top of the broker commission. Yeah, I can see a business there. And the, the marketing almost writes itself because whenever there's fear for any business, that's like a really great emotion to combat because especially when, I mean, health's involved, but families and stuff like that, uh, taking that fear off someone's plate and being like, you know, you're, you're paying $10,000 a year for this health insurance. Is it actually going to be what you need when the, the shit hits the fan like that? That's worth 50 bucks a year for sure. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, cool. So, um, yeah, I'm coming up with this. Uh, this sorry, I'll, I'll, this will be the last thing I say about this. I, the tagline is something like health insurance is actually buying and navigating healthcare is actually unhealthy. <laughs> Yeah. And so I, there's something like some oxymoron there that's kind of interesting. Yeah. I'll, I'll lower your, your blood pressure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Um, cool. working, what else? Uh, so the other oh, thing sorry. is, um, you, you know, we've, we've, we're going to do a, a special episode on uh, a reflection on 2019 um, over the Christmas holiday. And um, I, you know, you asked me to put some thought into some questions. Um, so that's actually inspired me to get ahead of some of my planning, I usually wait till the, I, I'm not very good at planning until I absolutely have to. Mm-hmm. So it's actually gotten me ahead of thinking about uh, 2020. So I appreciate hmm. that. Cool. <laughs> Same here. I, I normally, the week between Christmas and New Year, since nothing's going on in the business world, that's normally a good time to do that stuff. But even better if you do it before, I guess. I think it's way better because then now I'll be able to use that time to think about how to execute versus mm-hmm. what to execute on. Yeah. Makes sense. What about you? What's what's going on with you? Uh, well, uh, my first update involves both of us, which is we've officially passed 50 subscribers for Startup to Last. That's cool. Um, yeah. And so uh, for people who aren't like in the, the podcasting game, subscribers in this case are counted by our podcast host, Transistor.fm, which I guess it's the, the average number of downloads an episode gets in the first 24 hours. 
so like the idea being these are just automatic downloads that people are you know they subscribe on apple podcasts or whatever so like 50 some, people are downloading those. yeah some app that the that a user has installed is automatically downloading mm-hmm. hypothetically the episode in the first 24 hours and yeah they're, they're and then for, a- they're after that 24 hours we're getting something like a hundred ish per episode our, our last one was a little down from the previous two but something like 70 to 120 or something per episode so yeah yeah it's kind of cool, cool. <laughs> um but yeah so uh for for less annoying crm um a lot of product improvements coming out right now i kind of was talking about that redesign for a long time and then we finally launched it and that opened the floodgates because when you're working on a really big project everyone's working on stuff but it's all just inching this monolithic project inch by inch forward once it's finished now we can every time someone does work we can just ship it immediately instead of waiting nine months or whatever so there's a lot of stuff uh getting done right now and the the one that i'm really excited about is mobile improvements our our web app has not been very mobile responsive well not really been at all mobile responsive for the last 10 years and uh now just like every few days a different page goes into mobile view where i can like use it on my phone and it doesn't feel like a shitty experience so i'm enjoying that a lot um and then what, yeah what, what percentage of, of of your sessions uh you know, your crm login sessions are on mobile um i would have to look i think it's maybe like 15 or something that's is that you think that'll go up as a part of this redesign i wonder it, one of the really shocking things about this is some most customers love how much more mobile friendly it is now but like a non-mobile responsive website on mobile what it looks like is you know you view it and it's like zoomed out on desktop and then you can like use your fingers to zoom in on any part and a handful of people have been like you ruined my mobile experience like i can't see the whole desktop app and zoom in anymore i'm always amazed at how resilient people are to terrible user experience well, you, um, you develop habits that you don't have mm-hmm. to think about around them. And when that user interface changes, it blows your mind because you actually have to think about something that you never had to think about before. Yeah. So I, there's no question it's a better experience now. But I guess the reason I mentioned that is if people needed to use it on mobile, I don't think they were letting the bad experience stop them before. So I'll, I'll be interested to see. That's a good question. Oh, I'll, I I'll try point. to track a little bit. Um, but my guess is if you need to use it on mobile, you are already doing it. It just sucked. Um, and then, yeah, so, so yeah, products moving along. That's cool. And then, uh, the other thing is we, you and I both got microconf tickets, uh, for the first time ever. So for people who haven't heard of it, microconf is, uh, I guess like a conference for companies like ours, like kind of small, either bootstrapped or basically not venture backed companies that are, uh, um, still startups, still tech companies, but not like following the normal Silicon Valley playbook. So I'm excited for that. Yeah, I couldn't believe, like, I thought it was going to be this easy sign up process because it was like three fields and a credit card. And then they like, oh, to complete your thing, here's like 20 other questions that you need to answer <laughs> to complete the uh, um, conference registration. And one of the questions was, what three words do you think of when uh, you think of microconf? What are the, or what are the first three words that come to yeah, mind when you think about microconf? That, that was a hard one to answer. <laughs> well, I wrote expensive bootstrapping conference. <laughs> it's like a $1,200 freaking ticket. Yeah, I feel like that's not, I don't know. I feel like a lot of conferences are in that range. I've never bought a conference ticket before. Really? I don't, not that I can remember. I, I've always, the only conferences I've gone to have either been someone's said, hey, like come as our guest, or I had a, I was speaking 
and I went mm-hmm. and didn't have to think about the conference pass. But man, it's like I, I don't it's think... hard to think to like part ways with that kind of money. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of co- that's why so many conferences are, you know, just expensed by giant corporations where no one's really feeling that pain. But yeah, it's I, I put spent a lot of time thinking about this. Uh, at the end of the day, I think it's an it's a great investment, but twelve hundred dollars plus, I think hotel was six hundred dollars and then flying there and yeah, it's a two thousand dollar plus take a few days off work commitment. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the most important thing is I get to spend time with you. Absolutely, Rick. Yep. That's so sweet. But yes, no, it, it, it's going to be fun. I, I especially, I would hate to go to a conference by myself because like maybe I'll run into people and meet people and make friends there. But if not, I'm the type of person who will just sit in the corner being grumpy and being like, this sucks. <laughs> yeah, I won't, I won't let that happen. Yeah. So I'm I'm glad to have... Well, I'm glad to have you there to talk to you, but also, yeah, also to force me outside my shell a little what, bit. What, um, what three words did you use to describe microconf? <sighs> I went so generic. I just did, you know, SaaS, entrepreneurship, bootstrap or something like that. Cool. <laughs> That's probably uh, what they were looking for. Yeah. Well, I don't know. It was a hard question to answer. Um, okay, cool. So let's dive into the topic for today. Um, so what we're going to talk about is... I'm actually interested. I'm not entirely sure where this is going to go, but uh, Less Annoying CRM, my company, just did this big redesign that I keep talking about, but that was just the app. So like when a customer logs in, the the experience they have in the logged in part of it has been redesigned. The other stuff, like what I'll call the marketing site here, uh, still looks like it did, you know, four or five years ago. And so there's this big mismatch between the... First impression a customer gets when going to our marketing site versus the actual polish and and like good design that they get once they log in. So we're basically trying to think about, you know, some kind of a redesign of the marketing site. Uh, This could be really, really small. It could literally just be like go in and make some CSS tweaks to but, but leave everything else the same. It could be completely from the ground up rethink what this site website should even be think about seo switch to a content management system like wordpress or something it could be as big as we want it to be um so that's basically what we're talking about here i have a little more context but like maybe what i should say is just what i what i'm hoping is we can talk through a how big of a project should this be and then b like we're not going to plan the whole thing out in this next you know 40 minutes or whatever but where should I start? What should some some actions be that I can take to really get moving on this project? Yeah, so I, I'm interested in what problems you need to solve mm-hmm. uh, by by doing this. It sounds like you're mostly concerned about a more of a brand consistency or user experience consistency, um, more so than anything else. I'm not hearing like, hey, like we need to get more leads, or yeah. uh, or man, people are you know complaining about the website, and you know seems like it's more of like a personal, like, hey, th- this website is no longer up to my standard type thing. Mm-hmm. There's definitely part of that. And yeah, I'll say I'm I'm really skeptical about a lot of marketing. There's, I think like 20% of marketing is super valuable and like critical to a company. And I think a lot of it is just a bunch of overpaid people in suits being like, oh, your font doesn't communicate the trust that you're, you're like, no, nobody cares about the font. Shut up. Like, so... Yeah, I don't want it to be what a marketing agency would turn this project into. Um, the way I look at it is it's kind of like if if you're single and you're dating and you go to a bar to meet somebody, 
you know that the things that matter are personality and trust and all this, but all you can see is their physical appearance when you walk into the bar. And so people naturally tend to overemphasize that when it comes to first impressions. The same thing's true with a company. Like I go just the other day, actually, for my wedding, I uh, had to get insurance for the wedding. And there were two, our wedding planner sent us two websites. I went to both of them. One of them had not been redesigned in like a decade. And one of them looked nice. And I was just like, I have no information here. I can't tell what which insurance is better. So I'm just going to go with the one that looks like a more professional company. So that's really what I'm going for is we, once someone uses our product, they like it. We treat them well. Everything goes well. The, the personality stuff in the dating analogy is good, but we need to put on a little makeup and actually try at the bar if we're going to get these customers in the first place. So it sounds like your your main concern is what's the first impression people have of Less Link CRM when they come yep. to your website. Absolutely. Okay. So um, flying up a little higher just for context, why are we talking about this right now versus some other priority? Why do you feel like now's the right time to worry about the first impression? Um, that's a fair question. It's possible that it's not, I would say that probably two years ago was the right time, but the reality was that, um, the app would have let down that first impression either way. So I think it's just now that the app looks good, I don't think I redesigning the app was a nine month project. I think redesigning the website could be as little as a one week project. And so I just feel like it's kind of low hanging fruit because we've done the hard part already. Interesting. But yeah, I, if it didn't happen for the next six months, I don't think there'd be any real consequences. Uh, have you have you talked to any new users who've gone through the existing marketing site experience with the new interface? Uh, I haven't talked about the marketing. I, I would say almost never talk about the experience on the marketing site with anyone. Yeah, I guess. Um, have you gotten any? Is there any sort of user conversation or feedback happening, either whether it's a conversational piece, feedback pop bubbling up, or usage base that suggests like, hey, they really prefer, like they were surprised at how good the software was mm. once they got through the process? I'm just wondering if like that, I'm trying to highlight what the problem is between um, the, tr the, the transitioning from one UI or kind of look and feel to another look mm -hmm. and feel. I'm not sure this is exactly an answer to your question, but for example, we survey all our users like a kind of similar to an NPS type of thing, or when they cancel, we ask them why it's not the most common thing, but before the redesign, a lot of people were just like, you're, you, you just don't look it. I don't feel like I'm using good software just because of the design. I, it, no one says that specifically about the marketing site, because once you sign up, it doesn't matter anymore. But I have to imagine the same thing applies there. That makes total sense to me. Um, and yeah, you're a self-serve product. So the, the product starts working the minute they hit the homepage mm -hmm. at, at the end of the day, right? Exactly. you're not going to be talking to them until they've put in their free trial information. Right. And I, I'm not our target customer, but I'll say I would probably... There are 50 different CRMs out there to consider. If I saw my homepage... I would immediately be like, I assume the app is also going to be poorly designed, given that the the marketing site is poorly designed. Cool. Um, well, so I guess um, I, I'm pretty clear on why you want to do this right now. Mm -hmm. What what? Um, how would you measure success? Like, how did you? Pro you know, is this like a? Do you have like a conversion uh, flow or funnel that you can that you'd want to try to maintain at least as you roll this out, or do you want to see those numbers go up? Um. 
That's a good question. Obviously, we have conversion numbers. Like I could go into Google Analytics and look that up. I, I periodically look at that stuff, and the reality is it basically never changes. Um, even when we do A-B tests and stuff, our, our website's tested well enough at this point that a radical change might change something, but I think it's the steady state's pretty good. I'm not... I'm not, uh, I think people, uh, entrepreneurs read these articles about like you change the color of the button and conversions shot up 40%. Like there's this magic solution to make conversions go way up. The reality is we have 10 years of work on the product that has so much more of an, well, we just totally redesigned the product and we're only a few days into being able to measure it, but our conversion rate hasn't changed at all from that. So given that, I don't think we're going to like radically change things by redesigning this. Um, and let's be clear about what you mean by redesign. What do you mean basically rethink the whole like uh, navigation and makeup of the site, like the skeleton of the site? Or are you talking about yeah. make make um, the basically have each page maintain its current role in the scheme of things and make it feel better to access the same page? Yeah, I think this is the first thing I want your advice on is the thing I'm tempted to do is literally just say the content has been serving us just fine for the last, I think this site's probably four or five years old at this point. We tweak it occasionally, but like it's fine. Um, I'm tempted to just say, let's make the styles match the styles in the app. It would be really, really fast and then move on with our lives. Or should I say, because we're going to be doing this anyway, should we do more of a top-down approach and say, well, it, I'm sure the navigation's not perfect, right? I'm sure there, every single page, the copy could be better, the layout could be better, but is it really worth taking the time to make this into a bigger project? Um, I guess it depends on your near-term plans. Uh, so based, I can tell you where I sit without knowing much, just talking to you. It seems like you need to do the minimum necessary to make your, to solve your personal problem of brand mm -hmm. inconsistency because it may be completely irrational and <laughs> you know, like you don't really know. So mm -hmm. I feel like this is more of a, you have a concern uh, that's not very well measured. And so you don't really, you won't really know at the end of the day, you won't really know what the impact is unless things go to hell or things go really well afterwards. Well, so do you think I should measure? So I'll definitely do a simple A-B test. We've got, we, we do A-B tests periodically. I've got the framework set up for that. So I'll definitely compare the the new homepage with the old one to make sure it doesn't tank stuff. But do you think a I should be doing a more than that? A-B testing, like this is, I spend a lot of time on A-B testing at, at People Keep. A-B testing works at high volume if you're changing one thing on the page. Okay, so well, I don't well, know if I agree with that. Well, I th it at least tells you did this tank signups. You don't. It doesn't tell you what tanked the signups if you change. Yeah, a lot so of I, I would say that if you if you're not changing, so there's let's just break this down into like two different approaches. One is go pipe. Don't change anything about the objective of the site. Don't change anything about the objective of its parts, which are pages, and just go through each page and develop a new style to apply to each of those pages that's consistent across them. There are a couple ways to approach that. One way is one page at a time, and then slowly you have everything. Or you take a holistic approach and say, "What? What? let me look at all of our pages. What are the different types of pa like templates that we need and design elements that we need to redesign these? And then apply those to pages as you go. I personally don't think that those changes are going to have, because you're going to be thoughtful about them, as, and probably more, even more thoughtful than you 
were the first time you went through this, mm-hmm. there's going to be a minimal variance uh, in those, especially if you don't mess with any of the text or objectives of the page and linking. You're just changing the way it looks and feels. Mm-hmm. It feels to me like that's a something that you should just go do as a first one because it's it solves the problem that you're actually concerned about right now. And then, you know, maybe down the road, you can start thinking about what's, do I have the right objectives for my, you know, what are my objectives for my website and how can I measure that? Two, what's the, what are the objectives for each of these pages and how can I improve the objectives of each page? It feels to me like you don't need to bite that off right now. Um, You just need to solve your, you know, your, your itch and your, honestly, Mm -hmm. you have like a, I would compare this to the way you're describing the problem. It's kind of like you have this like just standard that is not being met. And for no better reason other than to enforce the standard, you're going to go do this. And unless like, unless in this conversation you can come out and tell me, Hey, no, no, there are other reasons why I should do this. Then just go hold your standard, get through that as quickly as possible. And then, prioritize what's ever most important after that. If you're having to go search for reasons to go do this, (laughs) I think that that's a waste of time. Um, and only lead to like project, like project creep that slows you down on solving your standard problem. All right. This, this, uh, aligns very much with what I like. I, I think you know how I feel about a lot of marketing nonsense. This aligns with, this is what I wanted to hear, but just for mine and, and anyone listening's edification, can you, talk because you've you've gone through website redesigns and I've talked to you while you did it and I think the outcome at, that at people keep you did was really good um what are the things someone should be thinking about like you're probably right I don't have a reason to but why might I yeah so um I, I would break website redesigns into a couple of different buckets one is your situation which is hey we've we've enhanced our brand style guide and we need to apply that new brand style guide to our existing pages without changing any functionality. And that's just a question of how you want to approach it. Um, and that we can talk about that later. So that's one, that's one classification. I'd say that's the simplest because it's really just a, a CSS issue. It's not a, it's not a, uh, you know, a copywriting positioning right. challenge. It's like all the blues are a little darker now and yeah, the font is different and there's shadows on the buttons or, or you know, that type yeah. of thing. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. The, uh, the other, the next level up of that would be restructure, what I would call like a site restructure, which takes into account, um, well, I guess before that there's just basic AB testing. So I got to go backwards. So like the mi- most minor way of like website redesigning is what I would call A-B testing. And if you read a lot about A-B testing, there's two types. There's iterative A-B testing and there's like massive A-B testing. I don't know what the right word is, but like you basically just wholesale change it and see what happens. Mm-hmm. The the iterative A-B testing requires large numbers, proper like you know tests being run and it takes a t- yeah. time to see, see progress. But if you've and got we, the wrong objective on the page from the beginning, like... No A/B testing is going to fix that. 
Yeah, and we should just in case anyone doesn't know what A/B testing is, we should probably define this. This is you run two different versions of the site and you measure whatever metric you pick, how, how many people convert or click this link or whatever, and you see, you know, more people did it with this version than that version, so it's better. And then you you normally conclude the A/B test and then you do another one and you just keep testing. That's the iterative approach. I've heard of this the analogy being it's like a, you're looking for a maximum, like you're climbing a mountain. If you do iterative A-B testing, you're going to find the highest point on your current mountain. If you do the other kind, you're looking for a different mountain. You have no idea how high it can get. Uh, but the reason you would do it is because it goes higher than the other one you were on. And so you want to iterate from the biggest mountain you can, basically. Yep, exactly. Okay. Yeah, and I would say that um, I don't hear you questioning the objectives of your pages, so like, I don't put you in that category. So anyway, there's A-B iterative testing. Um, you might want to do that after you mm-hmm. you do these wholesale larger changes um, to the design of the site. Above the wholesale, like like uh, just redesigning the page, there's basically like, hey, I'm going to restructure this thing and like set new website objectives or, hey, this maybe my existing structure is not meeting the objectives of my website, which may be converting leads. Um, I need to restructure this to do a better job of converting qualified leads and, and moving them through the sales process. In that case, you're actually like rethinking the structure of the site and specific, you know, rebuilding, rethinking what pages you need to accomplish that objective. And oftentimes you need pages that don't already exist um, or you have pages that need to be repurposed entirely from a, a, a positioning and messaging standpoint. The next level up is what I would call a rebrand. Um, so I, and, you know, I think brands primarily positioning, which is, Hey, what's your name value proposition um, and differentiation from the competition. The colors are all like downstream from that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, if, if you have a name change, then you're talking about a, you know, a whole more complicated thing, which is switching from, you know, less annoying CRM to the better CRM.com. And mm-hmm. that that brings in all kinds of technical issues with SEO um, that didn't exist that don't exist for the problem that you're solving. So when you're thinking about this, I would just I would, I've been through all of these. <laughs> um, you you want to you want to not over in like you want to do the minimum necessary uh, when you're redesigning a, when you're redesigning a website. If you can get away with basic iterative A/B testing, that's awesome. That means you're in a really good place. If you can't, you know, don't go don't go all the way to the rebrand if you don't have to, um, mm-hmm. and and so, but if you do need to rebrand, like man, figure out how to do it as quickly as possible because what, when you're going through high cycle changes, it's messing with all of your reporting and you have very little control over. Um, you have really really poor measurement over what's working and what's not. So the quick like one thing like for you to think about. And, and your particular stance, which I would put in the redesign like category, you need to do that. I would say like you either need to do this really slowly, <laughs> right? Um, and do it like one page at a time, see what the reaction is and just start queuing it up. Or you, you do it as quickly as possible on a wholesale basis and get it over with. Yeah, we don't have a huge footprint for our site. So, so let me give, I, I think everything you just said makes sense. Let me give the argument that I think we're already on the same page on. I just want to stress test this to make sure for why I don't think one of those bigger things is what we need. Um, first of all, we've got, a, we've got very simple brand positioning that has not changed at all. Um, not changing is important, but also like, I don't think it's that hard to get 
the content right. It's like, we're simple. And because other products need to say, well, we have this feature nobody else has, and then they have to explain the feature. We're not explaining any features, right? We're just like, we we do the same. You already know what a CRM does. You do not have a branding problem. You do not have a positioning problem. So like mm-hmm. knock off the whole conversation around what, whether I need to do a rebrand of less than like CRM and then knock yeah. off the whole thing of whether or not you need to rethink your your messaging around how you talk about less than like CRM. Right. So then, then there's, okay, we figure out what, what our positioning is and all that. How do we, are we communicating that correctly to people? I think one reason we have a slightly easier time with this uh, we have a link on our homepage. It just says try a live demo and you just go immediately into the app and start using it. And I'd ha- I haven't looked at the stat recently, but like a way more people use that than sign up for a free trial. Um, so basically, I think a lot of the work is being done by the app itself. Um, we don't need to like explain pages and pages and pages of information about the app on the marketing site because it's like, just go look at it. Yeah, I mean, you, um, yeah, you, you have a product led growth type thing mm-hmm. where where mm-hmm. most of your sale, your marketing and your qualification and your sales are being done once someone signs up for a free trial. Yeah. Cause we, are, you've, you've talked about like changing the structure, like the navigation and stuff. We basically have a homepage pricing testimonials, uh, a sign up page. I how, think there's like about us, about the company. How many pages do you have on the site on the market? There's site? probably like, 50 but almost all of those are not well it, i'm not i'm not counting blog posts and stuff like that um, counting blog posts counting, oh, counting blog posts yeah i would say the whole the whole marketing site well we have hundreds of blog posts we have hundreds of help articles which are public uh so probably a thousand maybe total okay and what percentage of them are unique like like if you redesign one blog post you probably can apply that redesign to hundred blog posts, like how many different unique designs are there? Yeah. So that's probably, I'd say there's about 10 that get any meaningful amount of traffic, like homepage, sign up about us, stuff like that. And then there's probably another 30, 40 that are, they could be blog posts. Like I hard coded them. There's something unique about them, but they're all kind of in the same vein, you know? And do they all have the same header and footers or do they have, do you have unique headers and footers for some sections of the website? They all have the same navigation. They all use common shared components for the headers and footers, but with like properties you can tweak, like should there be a background image or not, that type of thing. Cool. Um, so you, you ha- it sounds like you maybe have 10 pages that get all the traffic and then you have, it seems like maybe 20 different types of pages total. Yeah, something like that. Cool. So, I mean, that's pretty simple. Um, what, um, what, what, why do you feel like you want to do more? I kind of want to come back to why, why don't you want to, why do you feel like you need to do more than just redesign or do you? I, I don't. I, okay. I would, I'm hoping that the outcome of this is that I don't need to, but I also know I have a bias towards, um, burying my head in the sand when it comes to any kind of like non-product thing where like, I don't want to spend time on marketing. I don't want to spend time on any of this. So I I would just want to make sure I'm not glossing over it because I don't want to do it versus like it actually not being important. Well, let me ask you some questions. Like if, if you, what are the top three functions of the site in order? Mm -hmm. Well, the number one, which I think does none of this matters at all is our current users being able to log into the app. Okay. Um, 
Number two, I would guess is, I don't know. I don't know exactly how specific you want me to be here, but I think most of the people who use less annoying CRM who, who are like signing up were referred by somebody or heard about us somewhere. I think they're already largely, they're not evaluating us with a million other CRMs, like an enterprise sales process. They're like, someone told me to check out less annoying CRM. I'm going to check it out and decide yes or no. And then I think the third one is someone's actually shopping around for CRMs and stumbles upon us in a directory or something like that. And they've got 10 CRMs and they're trying to get like feature comparisons and, you know, how does this compare to these other CRMs? So maybe it's um, one is making it easy to to log into the app. One Mm -hmm. is converting people into free trials. Yeah. I mean, those are really the only two, I think. Yeah. And And then... Uh, we'll say I'll, I'll break it down into three different things. One is mm-hmm. users logging in. Two is people who've already visited the site converting into free trial. People who've already aware of less annoying CRM converting to free trial. And then mm-hmm. people who aren't aware of less annoying CRM making it easy to find less annoying CRM and learn about it quickly. Yeah. Yeah, because that third kind, that third type of person is more interested in information on marketing site on the marketing site, whereas that second type, I think, is like, let me just get my hands dirty and see if I like it or not. And what percentage of your signups come from two versus three? It's hard to measure. Um, I the, the the things we can measure where like this person came through an ad or a marketing directory, uh, an uh, yeah, an online directory is a pretty small percentage, maybe twenty five a quarter to a third of the customers, the vast majority are unattributable. We think most of those are word of mouth, but it's kind of hard to prove that. Mm -hmm. Do you think like, I mean, as a marketing type guy, I see so much fruit. (laughs) Um, Having gone through what I went through at people keep, I'd break this down into different projects. Um, I would definitely just redesign the pages first um, and get the whole re- get the new look and feel out there, and then I would start doing um, optimization of the pages. I, I mean, the way I would go about that is I would make sure that there's a clear objective for each page. You know, this this page, like for each page, this page exists to accomplish a measure, and will measure success by B, right? So how do you do that though? Like what is there to measure other than does this person ultimately sign up for a free trial? Well, I don't know what your um what your like how your if you don't like if you if you show me a page on your website, for example, and I don't know, can you tell me for the page, like, hey, this page exists to do to accomplish this task? Yeah. And how do you I know mean, if that task was accomplished? Right. So so let's take the pricing page, for example, which I think on almost every site, assuming you list your prices, that's I know when I go to a SaaS marketing site, the very first thing I click is pricing. I do the same thing. Um, yeah. So someone goes there. So whether it's us or someone else, what is the point of the page? It's to show the person what the price is. Um, now, in our, if you want to like put a marketing spin on it, it's to demonstrate that we have very, very simple uh, and and low pricing. Like it's to contrast us against our competitors. What do you want the user to do after they see the pricing page? What would be a success? Well, one way or another, I want everyone to sign up for a free trial. Uh, are they ready for that yet? 
there's not a clear next step. It's it's like if you need more information, go get the rest or sign up for a free trial, probably. Yeah. So you know, how, what's the what's the pricing page to free trial button click uh, conversion on the yeah. pricing page? That's make that make that go up. That's fine, but every page is going to have that same goal. Like there's there's no page where I'm like going to be measuring something other than are people going to the free trial after this? I don't think. Uh, I don't know. Uh, until you get, I don't know enough about it to, to get in, but what, you know, like what, what are other goals that a site even could have or that a, a specific page even could have? Uh, well, I, in your case, it sounds like it's pretty simple to your point, but you know, in a multi-step in a more complicated process where you're not sending someone a free trial, it might be, Hey, like I want them to, first, I want them to understand what it is that we do. The, why we exist and what problem that we're solving. So they want them to get the brand story and the positioning. Once they get that, I want them to understand why we're different than the competition. Once they do that, I want them to understand how it works. And once they understand how it works, I want them to request a demo. And so you're so, saying you're measuring how many people click from the pricing page to whatever the next thing in that flow is? Yes. Yes. And that's like a overly simplified, perf- perfect world version. In reality, you know, you're probably... You probably have a, a a goal and a secondary goal for each page. Goal one mm-hmm. is free trial. Secondary goal is hey, if if they're not buying, get them to read more about on this other page. Mm-hmm. Maximizing the the you know the users, you know conversion into one of those two goals is probably the you know success of a page. Um, but but I guess that's where I would be focusing on. If you like, do you have a full time marketing person? No. Okay. Do you, how many how many hours? outside of you go towards marketing in a week? Uh, 10 to 15, maybe. And what are those activities that they're going to? It's mostly, I mean, we, we do this intentionally. We kind of say as a company, our core competency when it comes to marketing is working with our current customers to delight them in the hopes of referrals and stuff. So a lot of that is the newsletter and um, that's kind of our largest audience. The majority of the newsletters actually not customers, but they signed up for the free trial and then didn't pay. Um, so that's a lot of it. We do webinars sometimes. What about marketing it's, it's, site optimization? No, I'm I'm the only one who even can do that. Like okay. we're not on a CMS or anything like that. So so yeah. you you mean you are the owner? You've built every page on the marketing website. You've written yeah. every word. Um, so that's I mean at the end of the day, it's everything's in your head about how the site works. You could, you wouldn't, mm-hmm. you should feel pretty uncomfortable but saying to like a new employee, Hey, like go rethink their website structure. I'd feel uncomfortable saying that to a new employee. Um, and, and we're, I'm, I'm talking to, uh, a, someone who might potentially help out with design, kind of like a freelance type of situation. And I'm very interested, I'm very interested in his design expertise. I am hesitant. We have kind of a, a, a different type of voice, uh, in our marketing from most SaaS companies. So I'd be hesitant to hand it off to someone who doesn't already have that voice nailed. Yep. But our long-term employees have that. They, yep. they know it. Yeah, cool. So I guess um, the only reason I ask those questions is like, Tyler, you don't have time to do more than just get this to meet your standard <laughs> and and stop and continue not focusing on marketing. Like, like not focus on marketing website optimization. Like that is not a priority for you. At some point it will be. You'll want to mm-hmm. like, hey, like you're going to want to either get more people to the website um, or get more people who are coming to the website to convert into free trials. That doesn't seem like it's a focus for you right now. Yeah, although I'm not sure what 
what would change in the future to make it a focus? Like it, maybe it should be a focus. Maybe it should be. Um, but I, I don't get the impression that you have the time to put towards that right now, nor do I think maybe, maybe you are the right person to do it. Maybe you aren't, but do you have plans to hire a marketing person in 2020? No. Yeah. So like we, d- we have a CRM coach who's currently spending tw- their 20% time doing marketing, but planning on ramping that up a little bit. Even th- this stuff is probably not what, what they're planning on doing. Yeah. So like one, you know, it seems like there's lead generation, right? Get more leads. Mm-hmm. You, you're not going to give up the positioning stuff. Like, let's just like marketing is one part brand positioning and all the messaging and all that kind of stuff. Tyler owns that. He's really good at it, right? That's not going to change. Okay. Where, where you're not working is the demand generation side of things where it's like, Hey, right. You know, how do we get more leads? There's not one person at the company that's always focused on how do we get more leads? There's not one person at the company focused on how do we turn more leads into free trials? Right. Yeah. And that's, and it sounds like that's not the focus right now. And I, I don't think, I don't feel comfortable based on our conversation saying that it should be. In fact, yeah. I, I mean, if we can do product-led growth forever, that's my preference to just say, we'll, we'll always neglect this until the end of time. So maybe you're saying if that fails, then we need to figure out we, we, we can't live in that ideal world. Well, what were we talking a couple of weeks ago where you said, at the end of the day, I want to figure out how, how much I can stretch the business into a multiplica- multiplier, right? Like, Mm-hmm. In order for product like growth to work without you having to focus on these things that we're talking about, you have to be able to have one plus one equal three in terms of customers or some, you know, something greater than two. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's what yeah. you're, that's why you're working on the referral program. That's why you're working on other things. I don't understand like this, this feels very much not like something that's helping you figure out the multiplication formula. It's definitely back to like, uh, every time I go to the website, it makes me feel bad. I, I don't feel like we're meeting <laughs> meeting our brand standard. It's it's honestly like one of those things where it's all the things that you profess to hate about marketing about around like the shit you can't measure. This is one of those for you where it's like, man, this uh, is a, I, this this is this is like this is a brand statement that can't be measured by you in terms of feeling. When my you go problem to isn't my problem isn't stuff that can't be measured. Okay, what is that it? doesn't bother. I actually love following intuition and using personal taste. Okay, what is it? My problem is doing stuff that matters to you and not to anyone else, which you may be saying is what I'm doing here. But like uh, an example of this is I think typography, there's like a do basic typography to make it look okay. That matters. But if you talk to a t- typography expert, they're like so their head is so far up their own ass that it's like there's no way this impacts a customer at all. If you're a type typography expert. I'm sorry for what Tyler just said. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm yeah. sorry that you wasted your life on that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I totally get what you're saying. I, um, this is definitely something that uh, is difficult to measure. Intuition says it's time for the redesign. Get it over as quickly as possible. Um, this, And then focus more on how to get a multiple, multiplier, which is not optimizing the, the freaking site. It's yeah. getting more people to the site for low cost, you know, through referrals and other types of things that lead to some sort of flywheel. So yeah. to me, it like seems like a no brainer. Don't even worry about optimiz- optimizing the site in any way. Okay. That's what I wanted to hear. Yeah. Do you feel <laughs> good about that? Cool. Yeah, I definitely do. Um, I, you know, like I said, this is what I was hoping for, but I, I always in the back of my mind kind of think, am I being irresponsible by indulging and in working on the stuff I want to? And it sounds like you're kind of saying like, there probably are wins to be had here, but I shouldn't be forcing it basically. Yeah. I say there's a couple of things that you're going to want to do in the future that 
you could argue all day is a good thing to do right now, but it isn't because it's not going to help with your most important question of the business, which is how do I, how big can this grow? What's, you know, how can I create the multiplying effect? And, you know, what's the maximum opportunity of this, of this product that we currently offer. Right. And, and so, um, optimization isn't part of that. I do think though, that when you have standards, intuitive standards that like are the essence of who you are, that is what branding is. And mm-hmm. so I would like, I'm interested in like how quickly you can get this done because it feels like a really important thing. Like the, what we're talking about condensed to just the website design redesign seems like a really important thing to do. How do you get it done quick as quickly as possible? I guess would be the question. Yeah. I mean, the reality is if I just lock myself in a room for a weekend, I'll, I think I could do this in a weekend. Um, the only sort of blocking thing is I do want to get uh, some designs from this freelancer because uh, I know I can do some of this pretty well myself, but there are certain things, typography being one, as much as I like to make fun of it, but like I am pretty bad at it. Uh, but where like just getting the the extra little bit of polish from someone else's designs, I can then go apply it all over the site, but I do need a little bit of that. So I think I'm going to wait for that work to get done. But as soon as it's done, nothing's blocking me, I think. That sounds really good. Yeah. And I would just say, this is a, I think you're doing a really good job of, I am really bad about scope creep. And I know that you're going to have a lot of future problems. A couple of those future problems are when this market CRM coach who's spending 20% of their time on marketing moves up and says, Tyler, we could, we could increase science by 20%. In the next six months, if I if I spent six months optimizing the site, you're going to run into a problem. He can't edit the site, so you're mm-hmm. going to need to build, you know, convert to a CMS or you know, supply him with your time, and you'll figure out how to solve that problem when it comes. But it's not a problem right now. Yeah. Okay. I like that because the reality is, I in the past I used to make all these decisions like that. I think I've been way too much of like I'm not going to do anything because I don't have time to do it right. And then what ends up happening is that thing you think you're going to do six months from now, it's five years later and you still haven't done it. And it's like, well, shit, I probably should have put that week in five years ago. Like we could have gotten. Yeah. Do you really feel that way sometimes? Oh, like, all the time. Really? Yeah. And I think this year, one of my big things that I feel like has gotten better this year is we're not doing that. We're like, so for example, in our app, we have the, the main like page you see when you log in is called your workspace. It's kind of like a dashboard. Um We've never touched it since we initially launched it because we always knew it was wrong. And we're like, what it should be is this awesome task list and your your email inbox. That's what it should be. And we don't want to touch it until we have email integration. But that was literally six years ago that we did that. And it's like, we still don't have email integration. We should have just made the workspace decent back then. <laughs> yeah, I would say that that's an example of not doing something because you were planning to do something else. In this case, you like that's not happening. You have a problem. You're just going to go do mm-hmm. it. You're not like, why would you, the CMS, there's nothing in the, you're not saying I'm going to wait on the CMS problem that exists today because, you know, I, you know, I want to do this first. You're not saying that at all. You're saying, Hey, like I don't have anyone who would use a CMS, nor is it a priority of the business to optimize the site. So I'm not going to yeah. worry about the CMS problem. It seems like a different type of thing. Well, I, I think it's the same in that it's saying, I know what it's going to be. And in a sense, everything you do now that's not what it's going to be is a waste. Like, I'm going to spend a week implementing this design in not in a CMS, no design framework. 
And then if we were to like switch to Tailwind CSS or Bootstrap or WordPress, all of a sudden that work is wasted. Is it though? No, I'm my my point is it's not, but like that's always stopped me in the past. So that's that's oh. the similarity I see here oh, okay. is I'm always like I'm not going to put any work into this because I know I'm going to redo it later. So don't let it stop you this time. Yeah, I know. Okay. I'm not going. Okay, good. Listen, I'm, right. I'm on board. All I'm right. just saying it's the same type of thing that I've gotten. Oh, I totally. I thought you were saying that this direction was the same thing as the past, but it sounds like you're you're actually taking you're like saying you're prioritizing. Hey, let's go get this done as quickly as possible versus wait for something else. Wait for yeah. it to be a better time to do this. Right. And we started doing that with the product. We started doing that with a lot of things in the company. And I just, it, it's a really great freeing way to make decisions to say, I'm not going to be hamstrung by my future vision. I'm going to do what we need right now. And it's so hard to do it. It's so easy <laughs> yeah. to say, oh, but like, it would be so much better if I could do A, B, and C at the same time. So I'm just not going to do it. I'm just going to wait until I can do A, B, C, you know, B, C, and D at the same time. Mm-hmm. And it just never happens. Yep. So That's, cool. Totally I'm, I'm glad. Basically, you just gave me permission to do that here. I feel good about that. So, what's uh, your take? What are your takeaways? Um, the the biggest thing I I realized at the beginning I kind of was saying like maybe we should talk about how to do this now. Given that we decided it's such a small project, I don't need any help with that. I'm just going to go write the code. It's it's going to be a piece of cake. So I think the big takeaway for me is like. There's almost there's just an overwhelming amount of advice and knowledge out there, including stuff you have. Like if I were making this a big project, you could have given really good advice. But the key is like figure out the smallest thing that you know you need and just go do it. And then maybe a month from now, this isn't going to happen. But in theory, a month from now, I could come back and say, all right, the the redesign's done. Let's talk about how do I change the navigation up? And then we could talk about that. Yeah, and then I'm going to be like, is this a standard Tyler thing? Or is this something (laughs) related to helping you multiply, like figure out that multiplier effect on your word of mouth growth? And if it's not, I'm going to be like, dude, what do you, this isn't a priority. Okay, so one takeaway is do the the small thing. Another one is, uh, I think you don't have to justify stuff if it's just basic, I'm a human being with pride, and I'm embarrassed by this, but you need to limit that to some extent. You need to say like, this needs to meet my standards, but I don't need to turn this into a bigger project than it needs to be. Totally. I think, uh, yeah, the way I would say it is we talk a lot about brand and I think sometimes we get frustrated with each other about how we talk about (laughs) brand. But at the end of the day, I think we're both on the same page with brand is ultimately this, the sum of the decisions that you make on what to say, how to act you know, what, what you look and feel like and what, how you Mm -hmm. make people feel. And at the end of the day, like if you're not living up, if brand is important to you, which I think it should be, it's important to you. It's important to me. And, and you're not, you're not, you're failing on a brand on your brand promise or whatever it is, however you want to describe it, that's going to keep you up at night and that's not healthy. Just go fix it. Yeah. Okay. That's a good way to think about it. Always never, and never sacrifice that. Otherwise, like, that's it gets into like not being who you want to be. And that's ugh. so I think I don't feel yeah. like you need to if, if you if you like magic words are we're not living up to our brand standard anymore. Like this is an this is urgent. We need to go okay. fix this. I think that's OK. Cool. I like that. Cool. Well, uh, thanks for talking through all this with me. That, that was helpful. And uh, it's a way to I was so worried I was going to come in here and you were going to talk me into a big project. So I'm really glad that didn't happen. Uh, so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wish I wish I had this mindset when I was going through some of those redesigns because mm-hmm. I definitely waited too long to pull certain triggers and try to solve all the problems at once versus just knocking out one problem at a time. And 
uh, good for you. <laughs> cool. Well, Thanks. <laughs> everyone, thank you for listening. You can join the conversation on this topic and review past topics by visiting startuptolast.com. If you have questions, contact us via the website or on Twitter. We'd love to hear your thoughts and ideas. Um, again, that's startuptolast.com. Also, if, you, uh, if you're willing, please leave us a five-star review on the podcast of your choice. Um, it does help us um, get out there and find uh, additional audience members, and uh, we'd love to engage if you're willing. So see you next week.